Let me welcome you all very warmly here to Greyfriars this afternoon, especially welcome in these sad circumstances, the, the family gathered here at the front of the church. It was only in October that we uh, had the funeral of Murdo, and now followed a few months later by Iris. We've come together today to seek comfort in God's word for our sad hearts, to give thanks to God for the life of Iris, and to extend our sympathy to her grieving family circle, especially so soon after the death of Murdo. We come to support and pray for Iris's family, Mary and Urs, with Ian and Rebecca, Ian and Angela, with Isabella, Katie and Beth, and from Inch Island, Donegal, Iris's sister Breege, with Maura, Magella, Martina, Sinead and Donna. The family are most grateful to you for coming out today, for your prayerful condolences and your encouragement. God's word reminds us that as a father shows compassion to his children, so the Lord shows compassion to those who fear him. As for man, his days are like grass. He flourishes like a flower of the field, for the wind passes over it and it is gone, and its place knows it no more. But the steadfast love of the Lord is from everlasting to everlasting on those who fear him. And his righteousness to children's children, to those who keep his covenant and remember to do his commandments. God in his word promises us that Christ will swallow up death forever. And the Lord God will wipe away every tear from all faces. And the reproach of his people he will take away from all the earth. For the Lord has spoken. And the Lord Jesus reassures us today by his affirming declaration. I am the resurrection and the life. Whoever believes in me, though he dies, yet shall he live. And everyone who lives and believes in me shall never die. Do you believe this? Let's sing together from Psalm 103. You'll find that on the service sheet. It's also on the church screens. The family have chosen both Psalms here today. O thou, my soul, bless God the Lord, and all that in me is, be stirred up his holy name to magnify and bless. Psalm 103. And if you can, let's stand to sing together.
We read uh, this afternoon from God's Word in the Gospel according to John in chapter 14. And I'm going to read verses 1 to 14. It's the Lord Jesus Christ himself speaking, and he says, Let not your hearts be troubled. Believe in God. Believe also in me. In my Father's house are many rooms. If it were not so, would I have told you that I go to prepare a place for you? And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again and will take you to myself, that where I am, you may be also. And you know the way to where I am going. Thomas said to him, Lord, we do not know where you are going. How can we know the way? Jesus said to him, I am the way and the truth and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. If you had known me, you would have known my Father also. From now on, you do know him and have seen him. Philip said to him, Lord, show us the Father and it is enough for us. Jesus said to him, Have I been with you so long, and you still do not know me, Philip? Whoever has seen me has seen the Father. How can you say, Show us the Father? Do you not believe that I am in the Father, and the Father is in me? The words that I say to you, I do not speak on my own authority, but the Father who dwells in me does his works. Believe me, that I am in the Father, and the Father is in me, or else believe on account of the works themselves. Truly, truly I say to you, whoever believes in me will also do the works that I do, and greater works than these will he do, because I am going to the Father. Whatever you ask in my name, this I will do, that the Father may be glorified in the Son. If you ask me for anything in my name, I will do it. Amen. May God bless to us this reading from his own word. Let's join together in prayer. Almighty God, as we gather here today, we are humbled in the face of death. We're impressed afresh with our mortality and the fragility of life. We pray that you who gave us life and brought us to birth, in whose grace we live and in whose arms we die, that you will draw near to us in our sadness and comfort our hearts. Embrace us with your love. Give us hope in our bewilderment. Give us strength for the duties of today and for grace to face an altered future. Our loving Father, we come before you with praise and thanksgiving for all who live and die in the faith of Christ, and especially today for Iris, whom we remember before you with gratitude and fondness. We thank you that goodness and mercy followed her all the days of her life. We celebrate Iris's love as mother and grandmother, sister and aunt and a friend to so many. We give you thanks for Iris' faith in Christ 
and a readiness to use the gifts you gave to her. We thank you for what we saw of Jesus in her godliness and graciousness. And we pray for every life that you touched through contact with Iris. Whilst we mourn that she is absent from us, we thank you that she is now in your presence. Enable us to believe that with a sure and steady faith and to be comforted by this knowledge. We thank you for the hope of resurrection, of eternal life, and of reunion with those who have died in the faith of Christ. And we ask that with them, you would bring us to the joy of your eternal kingdom. And this we pray through Christ our Lord, who lived and died and rose again and lives forever in the power of an endless life. Amen. A number of folks in the family would like to come up and share with you some of their memories and thoughts of Iris. And so I'm going to invite Ian and Urs and their family members to just to come up now. Uh, come and join me up here uh, on this platform and feel comfortable amongst us. You're coming up afterwards. That's fine. That's fine. Okay. Thank you. Um, my name is Urs Vader. I am the husband of Mari Vader Gillis. And I have, uh, I got the assignment today to read uh, uh, some of the history of Iris Gillis. Iris Gillis was born Isabella Haggerty in 1938 in the beautiful Inge Island in Donegal, Ireland. She spent the first part of her life there with her parents, George and Mary Haggerty, and the brothers and sisters she loved so much. She is predeceased by her parents as well as siblings Vera, Liam, Myra and Phyllis, and survived by Breach from Ireland, George from Spain and Christina in Canada and many nieces and nephews, and great nieces and great nephews. She moved to Glasgow to work, and not long afterwards met a young student from Sky, Murdo Gillis. And that was the start of a love story that lasted over 60 years. Once Murdo studies were completed, they moved north to Inverness, where they put down their roots and despite life's changing paths, they never wanted to leave. The result was a wide network of friends and acquaintances that enriched their lives daily over the decades. Iris always had a strong verse ethic, work ethic. And in addition to working as a legal cashier, she did BMP for years and cared for her in-laws who lived with her and Murdo. She was always ready to lend a helping hand to anyone who needed it. She loved volunteering in Greyfriars 
and found one of her happy places in the kitchen serving tea and smiles. Iris' favorite role was a mother to Mari and Ian and granny to Annie, Ian, Rebecca, Isabella, Katie and Bess. You will hear more about that from her family directly. Iris touched many lives in her 85 years and her memory and legacy will live on in those she loved and who loved her. Dear Granny, I need to start by saying thank you. You were in Switzerland the day I was born and I helped my mum during my first month of my life, which I needed special care. You gifted me a stuffed animal dog that day. I later called him Woof Woof. I know, not very creative. And I still have him in my bed. And yes, I am 22. <laughs> I felt a special bond to you and Grandpa as I lost my Swiss grandparents at a very young age. So growing up, the two of you were my only grandparents. That made the distance even more difficult. But it didn't matter because I knew every year for summer we would come back to Inverness. The first week was always church camp here in Greyfriars, where you would help out in the kitchen and slide me an extra biscuit from time to time. Lastly, I wanted to say thank you for the way you raised my mum. She's a person I've been looking up for for 14 years. And even after I grew taller than her, I still admire her. And that was your work. <sighs> Sorry. <laughs> I can tell that you and my mum have, uh, that my mum has adapted a lot from your parenting into hers. And I hope that one day she will become a granny just like you. And after, and after seeing her with her Irish cousins last night, I'm pretty sure she'll be as cheeky as you were. Thank you. And now you'll be hearing from my uncle Ian, my cousin Annie, and my cousin Beth. My dear granny, I hope that you know that from a very young age I looked up to you and continue to be inspired by the love and care that you showed those in your life. The affection that you gave my sisters and I is truly a testament to your maternal and caring nature. Your love for us was evident in everything you did for us, whether it was getting your hands dirty and digging a hole in the garden for a trampoline, or building me a Wendy house or finding your inner child and playing hide and seek with Bella, even though you always hid in the same place every time. You were always there when your grandchildren needed you, like when you came all the way down from Inverness just to put cream on Katie's chicken pox. And you always had time for us, like when you had limitless patience when listening to Beth singing her silly little turtle song over and over again. These small acts of kindness may not have seemed monumental at the time, but they are memories I know my sisters and I will cherish for the rest of our lives. I will never forget my visits up to Inverness and how you and I would sleep in the same bed and stay up late talking about your life in Ireland. 
the way in which you spoke of your family and your childhood instilled in me an appreciation for where I came from and a love of Ireland that I still have to this day. The never-ending time and love you had for my sister Bella will also be something that I will not forget quickly. My sisters and I often joke that she was your favourite out of all of us and we only loved you more for it. I just know that you'd be so proud of how far she has come. I hope you know that part of the reason for that is because of how much you loved her and everything that you did for her. Whilst I'm devastated to say goodbye to you, I'm able to gain solace in the fact that you will now be reunited with Grandpa. Given the love that you two shared, it is no surprise that you could not be long apart. Nevertheless, I will miss your cheekiness and, as Bella would say, the sparkle in your eye. I want you to know that you inspired me to become the person that I am today and I would not be the same if it weren't for your presence in my life. Dear Granny, I wish I could fully remember you, but unfortunately I was too young when your memory was still here. However, I could always see flickers of your cheekiness and your lovely personality. I always loved racing with my sisters to see who would give your grandpa a hug first, or when I'd see your car outside my house after school and race inside. I will love and miss you both forever. Again, I've got to follow that. I don't know how you follow that, but I'll try. Our mother was a great mum. She was a great wife, and probably most importantly, she was an amazing granny. Although the last few months have been very difficult for all of us, it has been comforting to hear so many nice stories from friends and family about all the good times they shared. The family would like to thank all of the people who have supported our parents, grandparents, over the last few challenging years. We would especially like to thank the congregation and neighbours for their many acts of kindness. As a young woman, our mum left her home in Donegal to live and work in Glasgow. It was there that she was chased by a younger man until she caught him. Once married, they moved to Inverness where Mary was born with me arriving a year and nine months later. Mary managed to convert some of their old slides into digital images. And looking at these images, it was really nice to see our mum holding us as babies, showing us the same care and attention that we witnessed her showing to her six grandchildren, Ian and Rebecca, Annie, Isabella, Katie and Beth. Growing up, our mum was full of energy and fun. She was not easily fooled though, and she could easily spot a fake illness in any attempt to skive school. If, however, you were genuinely ill, you would not want for anything. My children were reminding me today on the way up here of a story I had omitted to put in the speech of when I came up to stay overnight in Inverness, proudly with my 1980s jacket, all ripped denim jacket, ready to go to a rock concert the next day, only to go to bed and get up the next morning to find that she'd sewed strategically all the rips together. <laughs> and I had to unpick them slowly on the bus journey down to the rock festival the next day. So that's my mum in a nutshell. We have fond memories of our family trips, especially to the seaside, which she loved so much, whatever the weather. 
always accompanied with a flask and a picnic basket loaded with food. Egg and onion sandwiches were a speciality. Her soup-making skills were legendary. This meant that it was still referred to as Granny's Soup, even though Grandpa had taken over the role for many years. When grandchildren arrived, she was always available for any family need or crisis. When required in Switzerland, she was there to offer her support to Mary and Urs. Similarly, when we needed her in Edinburgh, she was straight there to go above and beyond with her love and care to assist Angela and I. She was very much a hands-on granny, giving countless baths and changing multiple nappies. As our grandkids got older, she would not simply take them to the park, she would join them, playing on swings, slides, roundabouts and flying foxes. Never to be outdone, she would join them careering down the tallest flumes at Landmark Outdoor Centre, all the time displaying her impish grin, giving us a glimpse of what she must have been like as a little girl, her, girl herself, a look her sister Breege will have seen many times. Our mum was always busy and on the go. In her later years, she was unable to maintain these energy levels, but her sense of mischief and the glint in her eye remained. As her condition deteriorated, she became more and more reliant on our father, our grandpa. As always, he stepped up, saying she would have done the same for me. For anyone that knew them, it is difficult to imagine them apart, and is a great, this is a great source of comfort for us that we no longer will have to. Well, we're very grateful to all five of you who shared those memories and thoughts of Iris with us, and it resonated in so much with, not just within the family, but in the wider Greyfriars church family as well. As we've been reminded, she was born in Inch Island in County Donegal, where Elizabeth and I have had a number of holidays over the years. And uh, she was born Isabella Hegarty, and better known to us as Iris Gillis. She lived a full life of 85 years and passed away on the morning, Wednesday, the 20th of December. <coughs> For some, you could say that's the end of a long story. <coughs> and all that is left are memories. But that was not and is not Iris's perspective on the matter. Iris could, had she known them, and perhaps she did, have echoed the words of someone who said this, a man called D.L. Moody. Someone, someday he said, you'll read in the papers that D.L. Moody of East Northfield is dead. Don't believe a word of it. At that moment I shall be more alive than I am now. I shall have gone up higher, that is all, out of this old clay tenement into a house that is immortal, a body that death cannot touch and sin cannot taint. She could say that because Iris's hope, both for time and for eternity, 
rested in Jesus Christ as her Saviour and Lord. Iris knew and affirmed the triumphant words, the question and answer 37 of the Shorter Catechism, which serve as a huge comfort for us today. The question asks, what benefits do believers receive from Christ at death? And the answer is, the souls of believers are at their death made perfect in holiness and do immediately pass into glory and their bodies, being still united to Christ, do rest in their graves till the resurrection. If we could but peep behind the scenes right now and see Iris as she is, what might we notice? Well, a few verses in the last book of the Bible, Revelation chapter 7, and uh, these words give us a great clue. Therefore, they are before the throne of God and serve him day and night in his temple. And he who sits on the throne will shelter them with his presence. They shall hunger no more, neither thirst any more. The sun shall not strike them nor any scorching heat. For the lamb in the midst of the throne will be their shepherd and he will guide them to springs of living water and God will wipe away every tear from their eyes. So the first thing that we would see about Iris, we would see Iris protected by a gracious king. He who sits on the throne, we read, will shelter them with his presence. Like us all, Iris grew up sometimes having to meet the needs and the desires of others. And as we've heard, did so graciously and gladly. But I'm sure, again like us all, there were times that she found such demands irksome and inconvenient and doubtless had to change her plans to comply with them. Certainly we saw here in Greyfriars Iris's willingness to put herself out to help in so many ways. And she was happy to do so. We've been reminded that one of her happy places was just across there, the kitchen in Greyfriars. We were told where she served tea and smiles. Another, as Elizabeth and others of the Greyfriars church family can bear out, was she was right at the forefront when about 20 years ago, in February 2003, we started our mother and toddler group, Kids and Co. How much Iris enjoyed being with those little ones. And as the family knows and has shared with us, how concerned she was to meet the needs of those little ones and to accede to their requests. Well, on Wednesday, the 20th of December, she received an irresistible demand. She had a summons that she neither wanted to refuse nor could have refused. 
She was commanded by her Lord to leave behind the frustrations and the limitations of a life with dementia and to go up into his presence to a higher and a more wonderful existence. A poetess, Mrs. Anne Ross Cousins, wrote a famous long poem about an old minister called Samuel Rutherford. And she pictures how Rutherford was once summoned to appear before a hostile court, but he never got there because his death intervened. And this is how she put it. They've summoned me before them, and there I may not come. My Lord says, come up hither. My Lord says, welcome home. My kingly king at his white throne, my presence doth command, where glory, glory dwelleth in Emmanuel's land. And now protected by that same gracious king, Iris is safe beyond the reach of all harm, all illness, all suffering, her soul made perfect in holiness. And the second thing these few verses tell us is that if we could see Iris just now, we would see her at home with a welcoming host. He who sits on the throne will shelter them with his presence. They shall hunger no more, neither thirst any more. The sun shall not strike them, nor any scorching heat. He will spread his tent over them. Strange words to us. It's an image, of course, from the Old Testament world, where visitors were always welcome at the tent in the desert. And the hospitality of those old desert dwellers was legendary. They were at home in their tent, wherever it was pitched. Throughout the centuries, people have speculated about the location of heaven. Is it up there? Or out there? Is it tucked away at the back of some distant galaxy? Or is it totally outside the universe? We do know that it is a place, because as we heard from our reading, Jesus said, I go to prepare a place for you. But for us, its location is unclear and uncertain. We simply don't know the address. But the essential thing is that heaven is where the Lord is. I don't know if Iris ever said this or thought this, but I have heard it said so often, and especially from old people, why doesn't the Lord take me home? When death is expressed in such terms, it's 100% correct. To be with the Lord is to be at home. Well, now he has taken Iris home as he took Murdo earlier. And she is safe at home with Christ. He is her welcoming host, which is to be with him, as St. Paul put it, far better. Far better than anything 
that this world can offer. And the third thing picks up another image. We read, For the Lamb in the midst of the throne will be their shepherd. He will guide them to springs of living water, and God will wipe away every tear from their eyes. The third thing we notice is that Iris has been gathered in by a caring shepherd. I'm not sure what the expression is used in Ireland when at the end of the summer the sheep are rounded up and they're brought down to the inn by land, brought in from the hill to spend the winter safely closer uh, to the farm. But here in Scotland, they always talk about the gathering, gathering the sheep. So this is the third picture we have of a caring shepherd gathering his sheep. And remarkably, Jesus is described here as the lamb in the midst of the throne. What a strange image. A ruling lamb. A kingly sheep. But who knows one sheep's needs better than another sheep? And who knows our needs better than the Lamb of God who became one of us? The 23rd Psalm, which we're going to sing in a few moments, speaks of how the Lord, the Lamb, who is also our shepherd, fulfills all our needs, our longings, our aspirations, and our hopes. The Psalm summarizes his provision like this. I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Now that's Iris' experience right now. The shepherd has gathered her to the flock above. She's perfectly happy. For God has wiped away every tear from her eyes. So I think that if Iris were able to stand beside me just now, she might whisper to me to stop mentioning her and to focus on the shepherd and to encourage you to focus your eyes on him too. And she might add something of a personal experience, the experience of every true Christian, perhaps using words like these, perverse and foolish, oft I strayed, but yet in love he sought me, and on his shoulder gently laid, and home rejoicing brought me. Now, ask yourself, can you honestly say that you are Christ's and safe in his keeping? Let's pray together. Heavenly Father, in our grief and in our loss, help us to see and receive through these words from your word and by the ministry of your Holy Spirit the comfort that you offer to us in Jesus. We thank you for our Lord's compassion for we read that he wept at the grave of a friend and he sympathises with us in our grief and loss. So, Lord, enable us, we pray, with confidence to draw near to the throne of grace, 
that we may receive mercy and find grace to help in our time of need. Fill our hearts with the same grace and faith that you gave to Iris and so assure us that nothing in life or death can separate us from your love. And all these things we ask in Jesus' name. Amen. Now we're going to sing together that shepherd's psalm we've referred to before. It'll come up on the screens and you've got it on the service sheets. Can I ask that after we sing the psalm that you please remain standing until the family have left the church. And if you could take a moment just to read what's on the back uh, of the service sheet. You may already have had an opportunity to do that, but it's just a little note from the family to you to give thanks to you for being here today to say a little bit more about Iris and also to say that you're very warmly invited to come back here uh, for some refreshment afterwards, which will be provided uh, by the church. The interment is in Kilveen Cemetery immediately after this service has concluded. So Psalm 23. The Lord's my shepherd, I'll not want. He makes me down to lie in pastures green. He leadeth me the quiet waters by. Let's stand if we can and sing these words.
Now may the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God, and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit be with us all now and forever. Amen.